Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. This is Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com with Eric Moline from SceneStealers.com with a very special Wednesday edition of the podcast. And why are we doing it on Wednesday? Well, because Transformers open today, officially. And Michael Bay runs our schedule. Yeah, he does, actually. I check. I run everything past Michael Bay before I, I do anything. Anything. <laughs> well, you should. You're yeah. a good American. Well, yeah. That's his, everything. His letterhead has little American flags on it. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, everything. But after watching uh, Optimus Prime say, freedom is a choice, yeah. while he's kicking another robot's ass with an American flag in the background. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, yeah, we'll just get right to it. We've got Transformers 3, uh, um, Dark of the Moon. And which it's is, you know, which is weird because um, it's called Transformers Dark of the Moon, but they keep talking about the dark side of the moon. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they just had too much of a cultural problem with Pink Floyd to do that, to actually title the movie Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I don't know. Because they never say Dark of the Moon in the entire film. No, you're right. They don't. Um, but they do talk about the space program, Trevin. Tell us about that. Well, here's the general plot. Um, and I say general because if you try to get specific, you'll pull your hair out. Back in 1961... A Autobot ship that carried a technology that could have won the war. Is, what is, war? This war for Cybertron. Thank you. Their planet. Um, <laughs> is damaged in its escape. It's never explained why they escape, but um, the, the, the ship is escaping. It's damaged, and it eventually crashes onto the moon. And we find out about it in 1961. So in response to that, we organized an entire space program, and we head up there. And you say we, we mean you, the United you mean States. the, the uh, president of the United States at the time. At the time. Who has shown. Who, is, who we see. We see a CG-headed John F. Kennedy um, and, and Robert McNamara, who's my favorite member of the Kennedy administration. Um, to be portrayed in two movies yeah. this summer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we see them, and, uh, and um, they end up um, launching the space program, and then eventually they get there, and when they uh, – there's like – Two or twenty minutes where they go dark on their broadcast. The the astronauts on the moon, Aldrin and Armstrong, and they proceed to run down to the crash site and document everything they can find. And that is sort of a plan B that is known by uh, four different. Was it four or forty different NASA? It was like yeah, it was forty. It was yeah. a small number. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a secret real mission for the whole space race. What I and found then they go really... back multiple times. The whole reason we kept going back to the moon was to further document this, right. this crash ship. And what I thought was really funny is the way that they tried to show us, uh, you know, historical footage and then interweave that with footage of actors talking about the secret mission and things like that. The ultimate version of that was in the present day when one of the actual astronauts show up in the movie playing themselves. Oh, yeah. Buzz Aldrin. I'll spoil it. He spoiled it. There you go. He's there. That was insane. I mean, that, that was, it, uh, he, Michael Bay always shows huge balls in this movie, especially in the first one when we realized that the Hoover Dam uh, wasn't not created uh, <laughs> to uh, harness energy yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, uh, you know power the entire West Coast, but uh, rather to hide uh, what was it a, a Megatron? Megatron. Yeah, it was a okay. giant science lab. Under, so I love this Trump. rewriting of history, and, and somehow in in uh, the X Men. Uh, right, movie first class that we saw earlier this year it it made a little more sense to the plot whereas this one um it somehow feels a little more cheap and and insulting but um i can't really explain why i had that reaction i guess i, I can't either but i'm gonna i'm gonna move on and, and stick to this plot summary so um then we end up <clears throat> the autobots 
realize that there's a whole thing on the moon they didn't know about. And so they head up there and they discover a, uh, uh, an Autobot who's damaged but still alive. And they bring him back and turn him on. And it's Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, that and, was awesome. And uh, Leonard he had Nimoy. already had his own cameo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's the voice of Leonard Nimoy. He's he's um, another prime. And uh, then things get kind of insane. Um, the the whole weapon. The whole <laughs> you weapon. Just told them all the insane insane part of the plot, and then you said, and then things get kind no, of. No, no. That's the that's that's the end of the plot. That's yeah. the normal part of the story. <laughs> right. Yeah, where you can like, okay, and then that happened, and then that. Because after that, then it just becomes this sort of mix of uh, nonsensical betrayals and and uh, double crosses and double double crosses and um, a lot of red herrings that don't make sense and I won't spoil any of it past that. I'm sorry if Buzz, knowing that Buzz Aldrin's in the movie makes you not want to see it. I don't know why it wouldn't but um, basically once once that general shaky framework is established then it just kind of becomes the Michael Bay we've all grown to know and love. It just becomes a giant <laughs> explosion, car crash. Multiple C- setups that don't make any sense. Yeah, these characters so doing things that don't make any sense. So many constructions. So I don't even really know how to organize this whole... I, I've been thinking about this movie since I finished seeing it, and I don't really know how to organize I haven't my thought about thoughts it on it. Really? Yeah. I, I've been thinking about it since I, I saw it, and I don't really know how to even organize what's wrong with it. Um into a you know distilled explanation, but I will say this: the the two positives I can give it are the 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 special effects are outstanding, and it's one of the few movies I can recommend seeing in 3D. Like if you're going to see it, see it in 3D because it, it definitely they shot it with 3D in mind. They use the same technology that Cameron used on Avatar, and it shows. And um, yeah, so so as a visual product, I mean, it's assaulting um, and dizzying and and all those other adjectives, but it's it's still a visually compelling movie in that mm. sense. Essentially, what what really works about the 3D is that in order to see the massive amounts of machinery being moved around at alarming rates, yeah. Bay uh, uses slow motion, yeah. and for once in a movie, it's actually 100% warranted. And when we watch slow motion uh, happen in the middle of a of an engaging fight scene. It also gives the eye more time to register yeah. uh, where things are on the screen, and it's way more impressive. And so, kudos to Bay for for using uh, slow mo to enhance the 3D. And and I, honestly, there are two scenes in this movie that the audience cheered at. Mm-hmm. Uh, two action scenes in this movie, and and um, one of them was uh, 100% slow motion and totally amazing. Beyond that, beyond the special effects, there's really not there's not much of anything to this movie that makes even remote sense. So um, far, you haven't said anything that's going to surprise anybody. At I all. know. Well, I so that's why we have to get deeper into it. Well, here's the problem: you and I both like the second one, and and we liked is a strong word, but let gave it a pass. You yeah, gave it a pause. you gave it the most negative positive review you yes. could possibly do. I did the same thing. Yeah, and the reason I liked the second one, I, I liked it for two reasons. Um, it had a sense of humor about itself, even though most of the time it was horribly misplaced. Toilet humor. Yeah, toilet yeah. humor. Jive-talking robots with a gold yeah. tooth. Big balls. Big, yeah, swinging balls um, on the Devastator, you know, things like that. But there there was sort of a playfulness to it that ran throughout the movie that it needed because it, the first one took itself so seriously. Right. And, and so it was kind of nice to see that deflate. Hold it. I have to argue with you on that. You think that you didn't think that... Well, yeah, there's... 
the human stuff wasn't very serious. But uh, anyway, the first movie was more slapstick, more fun, and more ridiculous, and that's why I liked it the best out of the three. Oh, really? I liked the second one because it wasn't that. Because I wanted it to be an action movie, and I think it was like he finally figured out that that's what it needed to be, and so he he just he didn't even pretend to try and develop characters or do anything. He just kind of moved everything out of the way and let giant robots hit each other. The second and one had more action, and for that's, sure. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I wanted. Like I, I have no loyalty to the franchise i don't care it was a it was a toy line that turned into a cartoon that also had a comic book and yeah it is ridiculous you know, who so, cares yeah who cares we're not worried you know? about the specifics of what robots i don't need to like know their motivations i don't need to know you know like you don't need to humanize these machines for me i just want to watch them do you know incredible well, technically things. the robots have to have motivations that work for this story to work because they still are characters well this story doesn't work that's what I'm saying. So yeah, it's fine. It's, true. You know, it's Michael. It, it's Michael Bay, and none of the stories work. So it did in the first one. You might as well just kind of let let them beat each other up, and that's what I loved about the second one. Actually, that action scene in the redwood forest is always one of my favorite that was moments. Fun. And then some of the stuff that happens in that final fight scene is is pretty great. <laughs> but if you um, think that the characters and the motivations are silly in number two, they've got nothing on three. Right. Like, I because that. that's the thing is he lost uh, whatever the, the humor is lost. And then also his sense of action, sense of pacing. He just kind of kept trying to top himself, but he didn't do anything new. And the script is even weaker than, than the, the second one. And so it defaults to these, these two mechanisms to push the plot forward. What are those? There's one, the, the one they used, I counted five times is five times. Five times in two and a half hours. Oh, right. It's when everyone is on the verge of giving up hope. Yeah. And then the cavalry arrives at the last second. Yeah. That happens five times. Yeah. And or not, or not on the verge of giving up hope, but they Have actually given, yeah, say out loud. I'm not going. <laughs> You're on any, your own. I'm not going any further. Yeah. Or you know, one of the after everything you've witnessed for some arbitrary reason, you've decided this is the limit. There's a scene. <laughs> you know, I I don't think this. Spoiler alert, I guess. But there's a scene where they draw it out where it looks like some of the Autobots are going to get killed execution style. Yes. And they they slow it down and they have this, this like, overwrought music. music in the yeah. background. And they're holding tight on robot faces as they try and emote, like, I don't want to be shot. Right. And I, it was just so stupid. It's like, they're main characters. They're, I'm sorry. I don't want to be the jaded movie guy, but the chances of any of these getting killed or harmed in any way is next to zero and sure enough like you know i mean it wasn't a surprise at all but it just they they had to default to that so many times and it never rang true ever and it was just insane it was insane yeah. that they did it that many times in the movie what i love about it is that um john chichiro's character has somehow made a fortune off of all of the things that he knows, but Sam Witwicky can't get a job in a mailroom. That's room. the other thing. And, and the other thing that killed me. The other thing that killed me about the movie was that, and you know, again, it's Michael Bay, it's Transformers, whatever. But we've had three movies, and those characters are all in the exact same place they were in the first one. There's no, there's not been any, you know, and I'm not expecting, you know, Shakespearean development, but they ignore any sort of developments or plot. Um, um, but Sam's a recent college grad. Changing, yeah. They, but. <laughs> He's a recent college grad that in the second one grabbed a little shard of an alien cube and then learned how to disprove the theory of relativity on a chalkboard. <laughs> and what's he doing now? And now he's, well, you know, he's got a really rough life. He lives in a giant apartment with his supermodel uh, right. girlfriend. So he's got Replaced a Replaced his rough last supermodel girlfriend. With his new supermodel girlfriend. So he's got it rough. 
you know, it would have been nice to see them take that character different places too. I mean, at least get him involved in the military, or may, maybe keep that knowledge around. They they just totally toss that off. They never explain where it went or why you know he doesn't use it or where it's gone. And he has to convince somebody in the CIA yeah. that he has information that would yeah. be useful to. He's got to he's got to really really convince Francis McDormand that he knows what he's talking about. Oh, Francis! There are so many moments that you know. The reason it's frustrating is because he's still this screaming, helpless idiot that bumbles through everything for the third time, and I just couldn't do it anymore. But he has courage. He has the courage of his convictions this time, and he has to go save his girlfriend. And there is so much screaming in that last fight scene. That that, that last fight scene, pretty much the entire first hour of the movie is to set up a car chase, and that chase is to set up a 45-minute action scene at the end of the movie. Correct. Um, And that's it. Like, I mean... Kudos to to Bay for what he does in that final scene. And if you've seen any of the trailers, you know that it's you know that it's Chicago, and you know that it's pretty um, epic. I mean, they show the the building getting torn in half by that robot sandworm thing, um, and it's impressive. I mean, it's pretty remarkable to look at. But um, forty five minutes, and it's mostly drowned out by Shia LaBeouf screaming because. Every time anything happens, it happens to him. So he just screams like a crazy person the entire time, and I it just it got old. It really got old. Really got old. It, it felt like a roller coaster for just a little bit, and then it became a chore, and it was frustrating. You know, I mean, it, it's a huge epic piece, and, and only a few directors could have even done with it what Bay did with it. But it's still here's not what it should have been. Here's my core argument about the Transformers movies is I like the first one a lot. Mm-hmm. The second one I gave a pass to, but um, generally I think You liked audiences... the second one a lot when you saw it. I remember <clears> running <throat> into you afterwards. And right. You the, action, the action really put me over the top. So, uh, but, but now you know the audiences have come to expect that critics are going to hate these movies. Yeah. Um, and they always say the same thing, which is, well, we're not there for the characters. We want to see robots fighting. Sure. Uh, and I there, agree with that argument. Completely. There are certainly robots fighting in this movie. This movie, however, written by Aaron Kruger and not uh, Ortsy and Kurtzman like the last two, um, he should have taken the advice of the film critics from the last time. Yeah. This movie's longer than number two. Yeah. And my argument back to you is if robots fighting are the only thing that matters, why is this movie not 90 minutes? Yeah. Because we've said over and over the plot doesn't work. The characters uh, do nonsensical things. Everything is set up for yeah. action. Make that set up for action a lot shorter. Make it a lot less pretentious. Don't make it about, uh, you know, uh, freedom is a choice and all this. I mean, that's the one line that sticks out. But, I mean, there's so much flag-waving BS and, and rah-rah military, you know, bullshit in this movie. Um, you know, they, they if they could just keep it about robots fighting, I think it would be more entertaining. And it wouldn't be such an assault on the senses. What I'm saying about Transformers 3 is that it wore me down. Yeah, and it's not too. just the movie that wore me down, but it's a succession of three movies that kept kept doing the same thing over and over. Uh, what I've come to expect, more of it, less of what I thought was charming about the first one. The love story in this movie does not work at all. Yeah. This poor girl has really nice uh, lips, but she can't act. Rosie Wheatley Huntington or whatever her yeah. name is. Whiteley or something. Yeah, the, the Victoria's Secret model. Yeah, I'm sure she's a nice person. By the way, that but, was hilarious the first time you see her. It was just total... 
Like just like Megan Fox. I just, I just want yeah. to say, like, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bay. It, yeah, the, he ogles her with the camera. The camera follows her bare legs up to her uh, Victoria's Secret swaddled ass as she walks up a flight of stairs and keeps it there. And keeps it there. It doesn't break from time. it or cut away. It just follows her butt. It's like it's butt cam directly into the bed that he's. You know, it's it's not in. it's not. Um, I'm going to draw a parallel here, and it's um, not going to be pleasant. It's it's oh, not. Uh, surprising that this movie comes out on the Fourth of July weekends. Because well, I was going to say a lot ways, of what you're talking about the Patriots and that's going to play huge here um, over the Fourth. Yeah, but know. in some ways, this movie is, and I can see people from other countries watching it, and just, I mean, it 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 makes us look bad. Can I just say that? I think that it sometimes it it um, it tends to uh, embody all that is uh, garish. And um, boastful and stupid about America, yeah. um, and and I, I it's like the, I always it's knew like the that tr- it, like the truck nuts of movies, kind of. I don't know what a truck nut is. You don't know what a truck nut is. No, you've never. You drive into into Missouri almost every day. <laughs> I'm you, assuming now that it is some sort of metal uh, ball sack there, underneath yeah, it's, a, it's a, some the back sort of the truck. Made of some kind of material that hangs from the hitch sure, in the back yeah, of a truck. I so. agree. I'll say that. That's a good analogy. This is this movie is the truck nuts of blockbusters. Okay. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of people know that going in and they enjoy it and that's fine. But um, I, 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 at this point, I've just, my patience with this series is worn thin. Oh, yeah. and it's, well, for the first time, it's the last one. So, well, you know, it's the last one with the current crew. I mean, like LaBeouf's not going to come back, and Bay said it's going to be his last two. So there's always the opportunity that someone will, you know, revive the franchise in a couple of years. But for now, who knows? I'd like to see somebody with a different take on it because this take is too, uh, too samey, too old, uh, and it just wore me down. So yeah, I agree. I, I was just completely exhausted by the end of it, and it was not. A single. It wasn't because of the single movie, although this one really went above and beyond to make me hate it. I mean, yeah. there's so many. I didn't even get into other plot stuff. There's a human traitor. Um, there's <laughs> there's so much like there's just such a. When you like, find out, there's what? such a there's such a like a uh, a uh, uh, I don't know. There's such a penis obsession in this yeah. movie. There's just so much like. Um, you know, cars and girls, and uh, you know, and it just it just goes it's a fetishized and goes and uh, goes. Uh, visual display of women and machines and all the other things that men love. Yeah, yeah. So, if, you know, if that sounds good to you. There you go. You know, it would have for ninety minutes. Let's just say it. So I'm, I'm I, yeah, I'm done it, with it. Yeah. And all this right. is and the, this is this movie review is coming to you from two people who have defended the series up to this point. Yeah, I've I've taken all kinds of licks for liking the second one. And everyone I know hates the second one and loves the first one and I w- I you know, but I've stuck by it cuz I actually like it. I I don't own it. <laughs> Which means I must not like it that much, but Still, it's if the Transformers hard. is not your thing, however, there's something else going on in Lawrence this yeah, weekend. Yeah, if you actually don't want to deal with any of this crap and you'd rather not sit in a two and a half hour movie um, and and watch a bunch of computer generated robots hit each other, um, <laughs> there is there is an actual play, uh, thing going on in Lawrence this weekend that would be uh, worth your time. On uh, July second, we've got the Summer Foreign Film Fest that's sponsored by Footprints at the Lawrence Art Center. Yep. This and is the first of two weekends. First of two weekends. Yeah, you wrote about it for us, which I really appreciate. Um, and I'm really excited about this first week, actually. The first week is um, two Kurosawa movies, two Akira Kurosawa movies. Um, and if you're not familiar, 
I don't really know what to say. I think you. He's the the most well known Japanese film director of all time. Yeah, and yeah. his his movies continue to influence directors today. Without Kurosawa, there's no there's no Star Wars. Without Kurosawa, one of the one of the best um, Western tropes is gone. Um, um, Yojimbo is one of my favorite movies ever, and um, that was the direct. Um, um, Influence for what is it? A fistful of dollars, yeah. Sergio Leone's Fistful of Dollars, um, where you've got the wandering stranger comes into town and, and pits two rival factions against one another. That has been replay. That that has been replayed over and over and over again um, for good reason because it works very well. Um, but that's Kurosawa, and he he uh, he's made a ton of different movies throughout his career, different t- kinds of movies, period movies, uh, contemporary dramas, detective movies. And we get to see two of his his most well known and different movies on uh, Saturday. Uh, two o'clock we have Ikiru, um, which is this sort of it's set in nineteen fifties uh, Japan, and it's this meditation on a man's life at the end of it, basically to, to kind of sum it up in a short version. Um, but it's very it's a very great um, very great movie. It's presented digitally. I'm not sure. If they're just gonna play the Blu-ray, or if they're gonna what they're gonna do to, to broadcast it, but it is an opportunity to see this movie um, on a big screen, which is rare and hard to do. Um, and then followed following that at seven o'clock um, is Seven Samurai, and there's really not enough things that can be said about Seven Samurai. It's routinely um, that's cited, enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you're so mm. funny. Um, it's routinely cited as one of the most influential movies ever made. Um, it's routinely at the top of critics' choices list whenever they have to make a big uh, list of the greatest movies ever. And for good reason. It, it, it's another uh, trope that was recycled and turned into the Magne- Magnificent Seven and um, has also been uh, changed and turned again and again in different iterations. Um, and it's it's phenomenal. It follows. It's it's. I, I don't know if it's his first pairing with uh, Toshiro Mifune, or Mifune, or I always say it wrong. I don't know if it's his first pairing with with the the, the actor, but um, he had a long relationship with uh, Toshiro, and um, kind of like uh, when we talk about Klaus Kinski and Werner Herzog, mm-hmm. or even um, David Lynch and Kyle MacLachlan. You know, different directors that kind of caught or Scorsese De Niro that's another great example um, directors that sort of attach themselves to a specific actor and um, make some of their best work with they they make they inspire each other and make each other's best work like Clint Eastwood and Clint Eastwood Um, yeah so the Summer Foreign Film Festival uh, starts this weekend it's two consecutive weekends Um, next Saturday July 9th uh, two French films Murmur of the Heart and Children of Paradise will be shown. But mm-hmm. this weekend uh, is two Kurosawa movies, Kiru at 2 o'clock, Seven Samurai at 7 o'clock. This is at the Lawrence Arts Center uh, down on New Hampshire. And I believe if you go to the website, you can get individual tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's 7 bucks a piece or, or $8 if you get them at the door. You can go to the door and get them there. If you want to get an, an entire full festival pass, that's all four movies, um, it's only 18 bucks. So, you know, that's a savings of $10, Eric. Well, it's just, you know, honestly, I mean, the movies that have been picked uh, for this film festival are pretty pretty larger than life. Yeah. And so uh, seeing them on the big screen, I think, is 
uh, is really, really important. It's like um, the tree of life I've been raving about for the last month or so is if you want to see a movie that will overtake you, uh, see the Tree of Life in the theaters. I think Seven Samurai is, is very much the same way. It's one of those movies everyone should see in a theater at some point. Um, kind of like The Godfather or or uh, Taxi Driver or Goodfellas. Uh, you know, they're, they're, it's one of those movies that deserves to be seen on a screen as it was intended. Um, you won't regret it. And also this weekend, you know, it's the tour of Lawrence. If you want to get away from all that, if you want a break from all the biking or the, the cookouts or the the stuff outdoorsy stuff outdoorsy bleh, you know if you want to wait for that also it's going to be hotter than hell everywhere this weekend so sweet sweet air conditioning yeah might it would be a good way to break from that so footprint summer film festival check it out and uh, beyond that we don't have anything else to really talk about this week we'll be back next week with uh, larry crown and i don't know if oh horrible bosses will also be uh that week <coughs> we'll, we're gonna go have a good fourth of july and we'll see you next week